Hello, and welcome to Trust Your Sacred Feminine Flow. I'm your host, Joni Advent Maher, mystic, spiritual midwife, and visionary leadership guide. It's my great pleasure to share inspiring and intimate conversations and emerging wisdom gathered from our collective feminine journey of awakening. My guests are revolutionary women at the cutting edge of both personal and global transformation. I invite you to join us in claiming our sovereignty, changing the world, and flourishing no matter what. Welcome, dear listener. It's so nice to have you with us today. I am honored and delighted to welcome my next guest. We are, I know, going to have such a rich conversation and time together. It is Dr. Elspeth Moit. I want to welcome you. Hello, Elspeth. Thank you so much, Joni. Such an honor to have you. I would love to share with our listeners a little bit more about you before we dive in. Yes, so Elspeth has assisted thousands of women to create lasting intimacy and fulfillment in their lives and their relationships. She's featured on Showtime's documentary series, Sexual Healing, and the Emmy Award-winning NBC show, Starting Over. She is the best-selling author of Sexual Enlightenment, which has been endorsed by world-renowned spiritual pioneer, Dr. Michael Beckwith. And she is the co-founder of Tantra Nova Institute in Chicago. She has coached billionaires, innovators, and power couples all over the world. She, she has shared their intimacy secrets at a global Young Presidents Organization conference in the city of love, Paris, and got nominated as changemaker at the White House-sponsored 2016 United States of Women Summit in Washington. So that is quite an accomplished resume, Elspeth. <laughs> <laughs> And I would love to add, because in visiting her site and, and just connecting more with her, she has, I would say, a groundbreaking relationship with her partner and cohort in Tantra Nova. So I, I just want to introduce that as well, that she really is walking the walk and not just talking the talk. <laughs> So can, I, I feel compelled to start there. Can you tell us just a little bit, can you give us a little glimpse of into your relationship? I'd love to. It is so at, so at the core of what we are going to talk about today and what I want to share and, you know, really also what I have come here into this world to make a difference with is relationship really mm -hmm. and more importantly conscious relationship you know how to create conscious relationship and how I really stumbled into that was that I was not very conscious in my relationships mm. you know, years ago over 20 years ago when I was quite despaired about what the results were, which was a lot of suffering, mm. a lot of, you know, not feeling fulfilled and my heart broken. And so that was a time when I decided, okay, Elspeth, if you don't, you know, intervene, you know how it's all going to end up. You're going to leave this planet without ever having experienced lasting intimacy and love. I had experienced love and intimacy, but I was not able to sustain it. Hmm. So that was the time when I delved deeply into meditation and then into uh, the practice of Tantra as a discipline, not just reading books about it or, you mm -hmm. know, from afar. 
And it was so life-changing that I left management consulting and started to dedicate myself to bringing awareness and consciousness around our intimate self, our relational, our sexual, spiritual self. And, um, you know, pretty much six months beyond my opening and shifting and healing within, my beloved came into my life. Mm. And that is the man who I've been with for the last 20 years. And we have created Tantra Nova together and really have been using the relationship as the space for our individual evolution and what it means to evolve in relationship. And so a lot of what we teach and when we work with couples and singles really is fueled by this, you know, relationship evolution. And as you said beautifully earlier, you know, like really walking the talk and mm -hmm. going until, you know, we leave this planet. So this is not ever completed process. However, it is becoming a more subtle uncovering and seeing, you know, so it's actually quite exciting and really an adventure. Mm. So I, I'm struck by the fact that you did this inner work to consciously shift how you show up or are present to relationship. And that was what, to me, it seems like opened the door for your beloved to come in. Wow, you are so right here, like so on what is essential. Mm -hmm. Because, you know, I had a pattern before I did my deep work, healing work, uh, I had a pattern of attracting unavailable men. They were mm -hmm. either already married or in a relationship or married to their work. So basically not available. And I always thought it was outside. If they only changed, mm. I would be happy. Mm -hmm. Until <laughs> through my inner work, I became aware of my unavailability that I was not aware of. And that was really, uh, you know, based in what I discovered, a distrust towards men. And, you know, I, mm. I was very charming, you know, 20, 25 years ago. Mm -hmm. um, you would not have called me a distrusting bitch, you know, <laughs> I mean, far from it. So I, I couldn't pinpoint it, but in the healing work, that is what showed up, of course, and also related to earlier experiences as a teenager. And uh, so so by healing and clearing this, meeting Freddie, my beloved, I only could see him because I had cleared that, because he was available. I would mm -hmm. not have mm -hmm. noticed him uh, because he didn't fit the pattern that I used to be in. Mm. Yes, yes, yes. and. I, I just feel like that is such an important component to underline because I, I believe that's true, whether it's in relationship or even other facets of life, when there's something we're yearning for or desire, if we're not a match to it, it will, we won't notice it. It will just go by. So sometimes we need to do that inner shift work or that clearing to to really be able to show up for what it is that we're we're yearning for exactly it's really an inside job <laughs> <laughs> yes yes it is yeah. and uh, go ahead yeah there's something i want to add to the relationship part which is really when we started to create tantra nova it got very clear to me that I wanted to create a school that offers a curriculum that, um, you know, teaches distinctions and practices for creating conscious relationship, because that mm. is what I didn't have. That is actually what none of us has. <laughs> when we look yes. at that, you know, we may prepare ourselves for our career for years with education. Mm and training, apprenticeship, mentorship. In terms of relationship, we just jump in and then we wonder why they break down or why we are not satisfied or 
happy. You know, it's like more by trial and error, although there are principles and practices we actually can learn and then follow. And I got very curious about that and studied that, examined what are they, and then, you know, of course, testing them in my own relationship. <laughs> and of course, also learning from other people who have gone before. Um, so, and that is what we then uh, cultivated and that is what we are teaching now. And um, so there is guidance, there is something we can follow. And of course, we need to practice, otherwise we don't embody it, otherwise it's not available when, you know, the going gets tough and we are at odds with our beloved or our partner. And of course, these principles do not just apply to, you know, beloved relationships. They also apply to relationship, period, with our children, co-workers, boss or being the boss, whatever it may be. Yes, you use the term human relationship mastery. And that is such a powerful term. Just that idea, as you said, of mastery and coming into cultivating that in relationship. And, and that's the thing I appreciate uh, about you and what you bring is you're, you're shining a light on something that I, I have not heard anyone else speak to in the same way. Mm -hmm. So can you tell us about what goes into human relationship mastery? Yeah, so when we look at the state of the world, there is very little consciousness around our relational, you know, dimension, and it plays out in marriages and intimate relationships and the way we are with children. Um, and then also organizationally on the corporate level, and I worked in, you know, the corporate, uh, at the corporate level for many years as a consultant. Um, and then of course the world relationships and unless we come into a balance of the yin and yang or feminine and masculine within ourselves uh, and then within relationship, there's actually no reconciliation possible. Hmm. I'm going to speak a little bit more about this in a moment. Um, I became very curious about, you know, what does it take? Again, back to the principles and practices to bring forth like a new way of relating mm. that is f fulfilling for each person involved or for each country involved. Now, I want to be very clear that I'm working where I make the impact and Freddie uh, along with me is in that close intimate relationship. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So one couple at a time or mm -hmm. one individual at a time, although we work in workshops, but you know, that is where the alteration happens. Mm -hmm. And often people say after they come to a workshop or do private programs with us, they say, you know, your work has not only impacted my relationship with my partner, but also I show up differently at work now. I lead people differently because my listening has changed. Mm. And for me being in my yin and yang self as a balance, has opened up to bring more compassion, to bring more com decisiveness, to just, you know, all have having opened up my view. So it has the ripple effect, although the entry point is really in that one-on-one -on -one intimate partnership that we work in. Mm -hmm. Well, it's, it's interesting because there was a point in my life early on where I was interested in global change and I, I did a short stint in political work and, and then very quickly got disillusioned. <laughs> this is like over 30 years ago and, and came to the conclusion that the true agent of change was going to happen person by person, you know, doing that more uh, micro work as, and I think both 
are needed and true, but, but I am with you on that. The value of uh, both the work within ourselves, but also within the couple, which is such a powerful crucible for working this stuff through. Yeah, very powerful because when we look at our families, mm -hmm. it's the couplehood, mm -hmm. the parenting that is informed by couplehood, either consciously or mostly unconsciously, but that what we model as parents, that is what then shows up in children. And that is also what then gets passed on over generation and generation. Mm -hmm. And that is where I and Freddie, we are very committed to actually producing a generational shift mm -hmm. um, in the sexual, emotional, and spiritual uh, realm. Mm -hmm. um, because when we look at that, the way we were raised, brought up around our sexual intimate self. Mm -hmm. There's a lot of vilification, a lot of suppression or obsession, mm. but it's in the realm of the unconscious. And to bring it into consciousness, just like we become more conscious now in other dimensions, you know, around yes. racism, mm -hmm. around health, healthcare, uh, through the opportunity and challenge of COVID um, and race relations and that it all plays actually into what I'm sharing here, although my focus is not healthcare or, you know, healing racism, although I live an interracial, interracial relationship, um, but um, that it's again bringing light to that what has been obscured that affects our well-being our happiness so tremendously and then also relational and couple uh, health and well-being and so for me the the, the couplehood is the nucleus because mm -hmm. it affects families and children and then the children you know replicate what they have learned again through osmosis or by modeling. And um, so I'm just very delighted and grateful that I'm here at this time, mm. this era. Mm -hmm. I get to be part of producing a shift in relationship in our sexual consciousness in, in terms of love, what it means to love both myself and another and from there then you know be the love in the world and you know be at the forefront yes 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 and i would love to hear you just speak about this concept of of sexual consciousness our sexuality and i, I know you've taught and work a lot with sexual healing so so that, that whole umbrella, uh, I would love for you to just dive in <laughs> to yes. where, what, whatever, wherever you want to start. Yeah. Thank you. So, Tony, I look at our evolution of particularly the Western world mm -hmm. over the last uh, 50 years with you know the opportunity of therapy that mm -hmm. you know really started in the 70s to become more something you know you could go to like in the 50s if you went to therapy you were considered sick or strange mm -hmm. now you go to a therapy session once a week just like a tune-up mm -hmm. <laughs> <laughs> So, and along with that, what has uh, allowed this for us is that we have opened up more to our emotional self. You know, like feeling your emotions is okay. It's mm -hmm. not, to, they are not to be suppressed. Um, so that has been an opening. And then through, uh, you know, yoga and meditation coming more to the West, we also have connected more with our spiritual self. 
or mm. that we could call it mindfulness. Mm -hmm. So with that dimension of ourselves, so we can, where I locate these are like, you know, the third eye, the mm -hmm. spiritual, that awareness, and the emotional I locate more in the heart center, in the chest. Mm -hmm. However, what we have not opened up to and really looked at is our sexual self. Yes. However, our sexual self, our sexual energy, which is life force energy that has brought us into this life, is the driving force. It's mm -hmm. creative, it's pleasurable, you know, these mm -hmm. are the ingredients that it's coming with. And if we suppress that, then we suppress our life force. So by becoming more aware of what we may hold around our sexual self in terms of fear, guilt, obsession, uh, embarrassment, shame, um, when we clear that, pure creativity becomes available because that is the source of that energy mm. and of course pleasure. Mm -hmm. When I say pleasure, I don't mean just in the bedroom with myself mm -hmm. or mm -hmm. with mm -hmm. beloved. And of course that opens up so much more as well. However, then pleasure arising in my everyday life in the way how I look into the world in the way how I experience myself, because that is the energy that is then available and that imbues me. Uh, and so that is what I consider becoming aware of that life giving energy that is ever present from the moment we get conceived to the moment we leave this planet. And then not only being aware of it, However, I then can also channel it. Mm -hmm. you know, I can use this energy for pleasure, pure pleasure in my physical body, which, which is so, I mean, you know, the goddess appears and mm. it's divine. It's mm -hmm. wonderful. We are made for experience pleasure. Otherwise, we wouldn't have so many nerve endings in our body around the skin. You know, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. so we are designed for that. And there is another level I can then cultivate myself to use that energy towards, which is channeling this creative, wonderful, beautiful pleasure energy into, of course, making babies, which we have done for, you know, millennia. <laughs> yes. And which is very creative, which is the most creative act in the world. And then I also can channel that beautiful creative energy into my endeavors, into my projects for me, into that what I'm here for, to contribute to the world and make an impact. So I channel it from my sexual center through my heart center all the way up into my consciousness center, the third eye and imbue and bless what I'm about. Mm. Um, and so this, you know, becomes a very powerful energy that I put to use. I often liken it to how we harnessed electric energy mm. 200 mm -hmm. years ago, you know, yes, the lightning before we had gas lamps and candles. Mm -hmm. and then we harness that energy and now we can funnel it into power our computer, our, you know, bulbs in the house and all kinds of stuff. We can harness our life force, sexual pleasure energy into what we are about in this world. Wow. Well, I think about the, I would say the chronic nature of whether it's uh, exhaustion, burnout, uh, feel, just feeling overwhelmed that from my perspective is so common among Western women and how that can be healed or addressed through having greater openness or connection to this source of vitality and 
that that potent life energy that you're describing yes i'm so glad you bring this up around women because you know when we look at that feminine pleasure sensual energy i mean women have been vilified or let's call it the feminine energy has been vilified for millennia i mean to this day women in some parts of the world can be stoned mm. or you know having a child out of wedlock mm -hmm. and then of course in our own culture the vilification of you know uh, how we can manage reproduction and mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Uh, you know even the choosing of bringing life into this world or not right uh, Yes. So all of that is quite affected by that draconian, patriarchal, uh, you know, view. And yes. So it's really up to us women to not only reconnect with that life-giving feminine energy and in the process, of course, clear our own shame and guilt and fear that is often so associated with it, and even in my own life, you know, while I have been awake sexually, you know, definitely from my teenage years on to the chagrin of my parents. <laughs> However, you know, just I'm 71 years old now. Mm. And even in recent years, I have taken on another jump into my fuller sensuous sexual expression. Mm. both vis-a-vis -vis myself and in my relationship with my beloved you know like the word that has been here for me over the last uh, couple of years has been with abandon <laughs> you know oh i love that there are no restrictions where i'm in my flow of the feminine that is so delicious mm. you know and unlike the masculine, that energy that is linear, directional, mm -hmm. the feminine energy is circular, flowing, capricious, unpredictable. And when we are in the throes of that, it's heaven. Mm. You know? But to allow myself that mm. and to, you know, clearing further, even slivers of shame. Yes. For, holding back and so I just I'm so delighted to work with women supporting them in coming to their intimate feminine selves mm. uh, in the fullest is such a privilege yes and I'm wondering if you can't share just what some of the most common challenges that you hear or are, are there themes I know you mentioned some of the emotions that we end up clearing, but in your work, are, are there themes that you see for the women you support? Yeah, so I want to be clear that, you know, shame, fear, guilt, uh, embarrassment, all of that suppression and mm -hmm. then mm -hmm. turns into obsession is just as much there for men. Yes. However, the masculine sexual energy has been lauded for millennia. Mm. We can see that it's like in harems, you know, being the playboy. Mm -hmm. uh, and uh, that all fits within the patriarchal system or the hierarchical system uh, where women have been subordinate for millennia. And along with that also that sexual wonderful feminine energy that is so alive and perhaps also as part of that patriarchal system that this energy needed to be controlled because when feminine energy dances <laughs> it's not controllable yes you know yes so and that can be frightful so whatever however it may have come into being uh, to rediscover that wonderful energy uh, what is called for 
is that we clear our sexual wounding that of course is so correlated to our love wounding um, so you know many women uh, that come to us struggle with sexual abuse yes you know explicit abuse physical sexual abuse or emotional sexual abuse. I mm -hmm. did not get uh, sexually abused by my dad physically, but there was emotional abuse. Mm. You know, when I um, was 18 years old and um, had intercourse for the first time, my father found out about it. And then he called me a whore. Mm. You know, that is what I call emotional sexual abuse. Mm -hmm. where my this young woman who was coming into her womanhood was then, you know, really dismissed and humiliated. Rejected, partly rejected, yes. Yeah. And so that is one thing. So both the physical sexual abuse, but also what was in the ether around mm -hmm. that making wrong, that budding womanhood in however that may have shown up, and perhaps how my father may have felt threatened. He never would have admitted that, but from where I'm sitting now, mm -hmm. I think that perhaps I was a trigger for him mm -hmm. in many ways. Uh, and so that is one big, big dimension for healing. And then also to really what I find is, you know, allowing ourselves to come into ourselves including taking responsibility for where i mm. have lived a subordinated life mm. which i don't like to admit because i consider myself just such an, an uh, emancipated woman yes <laughs> but in the the fabric of me how that still may live there and where i then make men responsible for my well-being for my mm. happiness mm, mm, you know mm, so being mm -hmm. externally referenced and male referenced because that has been around again for millennia to step out that into consciousness about myself because now i have a choice i can either be male referenced or i can be internally sourced and so that's a big big step has been for me and also what I share with women so that they can empower themselves to step into their life force into their love self as an origin of creation versus being you know externally you know you know referenced yes or seeing the source of power or well-being as outside is 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 what i hear you saying exactly right so whether it's the old paradigm of uh the hero or the rescuing you know rescuing the damsel in distress that, that those are old patterns that are i think as you said so interwoven into the fabric of of our lives, our culture, our, our family legacies that, that all of us are doing to some extent, having to, to weed that out. Yeah. And you know, Joni, the sexual realm is so, because for us women, most of women, not necessarily every woman, but most women, when they want to connect with another, they start feeling it in their heart center. Mm-hmm. Most men, when they want to connect, they start feeling it in their sexual center. Mm -hmm. And also for men, for many men, uh, the sexual experience doesn't mean that they are connected with their heart. Mm -hmm. It is actually one big evolutionary step for the new man, as Freddie calls now the possibility for the evolution of the man that the new man connects his wonderful testosterone, powerful sexual energy, channeling that energy up into his heart. 
because when a man becomes connected between his sex and his heart, he not only matures as a man, however, he's also more integrated with himself mm -hmm. and can truly connect with another. It doesn't matter if it's a man or a woman he is in love with, mm. you know, because in any relationship, no matter if we are heterosexually oriented or bisexually oriented or same-sex uh, relationships or transgender, there's always that balance of feminine and masculine or yin and yang, because if that is not present, there is no polarity and then there is no magnetism. Mm. So what I'm saying doesn't just apply to men-woman relationship. Mm -hmm. It applies to any relationship, even outside of the intimate realm. <laughs> you know? Yes, so, yes. So for men to connect their sex with their heart, because then he can listen from his heart to the partner. And when the partner's heart opens, her sexual center opens. Mm. So it's just the opposite way. And for us women, we are so more integrated in that love, hard self and mm -hmm. our sexual self. For most women, it's usually once they have sex, it's connected with certain feelings. So this is why it's wise for a woman to be very deliberate and discerning if and when she may open herself up sexually because the whole nervous system is so integrated that it may not just feel great physically, but like the heart opens. That is not necessarily for a man like that. Mm. So anyway, with for women, it's really coming into the balance of our love self with our sexual self guided from the heart into the sex or in Sanskrit, the word for the sexual center of the woman is called yoni, Y-O-N-I. Mm -hmm. Yoni means sacred space. Mm. You know, I mean, imagine if you and I and who is listening, if we had been introduced to our sexual self, our sexual center as a sacred space, I am sure the trajectory of my relationship with my sexual self would have been very different, you know. Absolutely, yes. Instead yes. of, you know, staying away from that, don't go there. Mm -hmm. you know, if you were to go there, you are no longer marriage material or you are impure. You know, it's like something negative. <laughs> yes, yes. Well, and it's it's really the kind of the complete and utter reversal just the, the vilification, as you said, there's been so much vilification of feminine sexuality and to, to reclaim that sacred space. And I would say for each woman to, to get to reclaim her sexual energy first and foremost for herself and, and then moving into that partnership, which which I would love to uh, to hear you speak about that kind of that coming together in partnership. And I, I know you refer to something called the infinity flow. And is, is that connected to that? Yeah. Thank you. Thank you. Hmm. So infinity flow has to do with that we are connected heart to heart. So when we look at a beloved relationship, um, we are partners in that relationship. You know, like this is partly why coaching my partner is not a good idea. Mm. Because coaching implies a certain authority, not authoritarian, mm -hmm. a certain authority. Um, and the coaching my partner is like I put myself in this or vice versa. We put ourselves in a certain role uh, that doesn't, uh, you know, describe or doesn't express the relationship. 
because in partnership we really move in a way that there may be some moments where I may be more leading in a certain domain and Freddie may be following mm -hmm. and at another moment Freddie may be leading and I'm following so there's never one leader throughout the relationship you know unlike our traditional model of relationship that is hierarchical which is part of the patriarchal mm -hmm. uh, model or system and if we had matriarchy it would be the same it wouldn't be any different they are both hierarchical relational models so what I'm proposing is a new model which we call the horizontal model uh, so from the vertical where one is up and one is down and traditionally historically men have been up and women have been down we can see this in how history is represented we can see this in world religions there are always males at the top to this day there are religion where women still cannot you know become leaders in terms of priesthood or you know, monk. Oh, I know. <laughs> I was I was raised Catholic, so yes, yeah. I know that all too well. Yes, and I'm just bringing it up as something for us to see, not mm -hmm. to make wrong, because yeah. making wrong, I just put myself on top, you know, and <laughs> I continue playing the same model. That thank you for that. Yes, thank thank you for for pointing that out. That is yeah. useful. It is uh, the only way of shifting is that we become aware and conscious what has mm. been and without resistance and make wrong and blame then really rise for me as a woman to this consciousness where I can shift into the horizontal relationship and that is where I listen from the heart. Mm where I don't judge, where I notice what may be missing without making wrong. And then I start listening from the heart what may be going on over there as well as listening to my own heart and listen to what's going on for me. Mm. So I can share that and speak up without dominating or you really have to listen to me now. No, I make a request and invite and of course, then if someone is invited, usually they are much more willing to listen. Yes. And I, I love, again, the invitation to move out of the space of judgment and to step into what I might call your inner authority, which is the place where we can speak and meet unequal as you said that horizontal uh, plane as opposed to one up one down so that's a beautiful distinction yeah and Shoni this is really the challenge the <laughs> of our lifetime yes this era that we are living in because if I cannot practice this how can I expect that world leaders are going to practice it excellent point yes again going back to the it begins with us it begins in the micro and then it can expand out and impact the macro yes and i may add one more thing of course can i yes yes of course um, because it's such a deep learning has been a deep learning for me because I felt so subjected to and at the effect of patriarchy mm -hmm. you know my dad how authoritarian he was you know I'm German as probably most can tell <laughs> by my accent and so we don't call the home country motherland we call it fatherland yes very patriarchal in structure and uh, not that other countries are not and peoples but <laughs> cultures um but anyway so and i was so externally referenced 
Mm -hmm. really needed to face myself in how I have had, how I allowed it without my knowing. Yes, yes. Growing into really my own womanhood, as you beautifully called it, the authority within. Mm -hmm. And but then also taking responsibility for my subordination that I lived unconsciously for my blaming blaming men for not being the way I thought they should be, but not taking responsibility for my, you know, like how I used my sexual self. Yes, I played into that dynamic. So to get love, I used my sexual self and it was very easy, you know, to get attention and attraction and all of that. That's an easy way in to connect with a man. Right. Particularly at those younger stages of development. I I mean, it works all along, but when you are in the kind of the blossom of your youth and and beauty, it, um, it, it's, it's like magic. (laughs) And then making my suffering when I didn't get the fullest or they didn't show up for me as I thought they should. Yes. Then I dropped into deep suffering. Yes. And really it was in my eyes all up to them to change it. Total victim. Right. Well, it is the, the misconception that they that they hold the power. I, I think that that's certainly what we had, I had been taught and, and culturally what is expressed. And, and so we internalize that and, and don't see the ways that we have our own choice power facility. Yeah. And I want to acknowledge that, of course, there is evidence for that. In, like, for example, women couldn't vote until 100 right. years ago. Yes. Women couldn't have their own credit card, married women. Oh, a, I know. Yes, uh, yes, yes. Even 50s or 60s, they had needed the signature of their husband. But, I mean, yes. Imagine, you know? Yes. And it's rescues been... live within us on the cellular level. So now the work is to clear that. And I invite every woman who is listening, it is your time. And there are guides and mentors and coaches and, you know, this conversation here, all there for you to fully come into yourself. Absolutely. And you have a a very lovely and generous free gift to share with our listeners that that is a, a step in that direction. Would you like to share about that? I'd love to. Yeah, it is a video, a download. It's called Awaken to Your Feminine Essence. And uh, there are a couple of practices that will assist you as the listener in tapping into your own feminine self, become quiet and drop into the still place that is within. And in that still place, intimacy arises. And that is where we can start listening to ourselves, where we may hear ourselves on levels that we don't usually do during our busy life and daily preoccupation with whatever may be going on. Yes, that that sounds very rich and and useful sounds like something you could probably watch or listen to over and over and get something out of it yes yeah so i can't believe it but we need to bring this to a close we've (laughs) the time has flown by yeah i i feel we just started this is so rich and wonderful you know being with you Joni. Mm. I feel like we are two eagles soaring. (laughs) Yes, yes. And I certainly love to both take in the big picture, but also go deep. So I absolutely agree. We could, we could probably talk all day about this. (laughs) 
So I, I want to just let our listeners know that to explore your work, to explore more of your offerings, they can go to your website, which is in the show notes, but it's tantranova.com. Great, yeah. Tantranova, yeah. like supernova. Yes. And is that where that came from, the nova part? Actually, that was my nephew at 12 years old when we were sitting around the kitchen table and looking for a name <laughs> for our uh, institute. Uh-huh. And we had talked about Nouvelle Tantra, like New Tantra, all of that. And he said, oh, what about Tantra Nova, like Supernova? Ah. Yeah. And it was born. Yes, I love that. And I, I also love that it's coming from um, a coming-of-age male. I, I think that's very powerful. It, it is like that, that boost, that, that boost of energy. Yes. Mm. So I want to thank you, Elspeth, for taking the time to be with us and to share so generously your wisdom. Thank you so much, Joni, for inviting me and for being such a phenomenal interviewer. Mm, thank I'm, you. I'm touched. Oh, thank you. I'm taking that in. I really appreciate that. It's, mm. it's, it's my joy. It's my great joy. So I can feel it. Oh, thank you. And I want to thank you, dear listener, for being with us today. And want to remind you, as always, to trust what your heart knows. Thanks for listening to Trust Your Sacred Feminine Flow. If you enjoyed this episode, please share it with a friend and be sure to subscribe, rate, and review wherever you get your podcasts. And visit theradianceequation.com to receive your copy of The Radiance Equation, a visionary's guide to coming out of hiding, owning your wisdom, and creating your greatest impact.